The Birth Circle podcast features experts in all the nuanced areas of pregnancy, birth, and postpartum with the aim of helping women make the choices that will keep them safe, healthy, and empowered. We respect all birth choices and believe in supporting informed consent and evidence-based practices. Nothing said on this podcast should be taken as medical advice. You should always seek the advice of a competent professional for your care. Welcome to the Birth Circle podcast. This is Sarah with Birth Circle, and today I have Karina Robinson with me, and she is the diabetic doula. And I am so excited uh, to record this episode with you, Karina, because I have so many questions. <laughs> so um, Karina was is a diabetes expert, and she's a mother of three healthy children and an, a certified adan- advanced doula. You were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when you were how old? Four. Oh, little bitty. And as a birth doula and witnessing others um, in their birth, you led you to create a diabetes course um, because there's just an overwhelming under-information about this situation. Yes. <laughs> and that's why I'm so excited ab- about um, talking about the the truth. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty of type 1 diabetes. So first of all, Everybody knows what type 1 diabetes is. Your body doesn't make enough insulin. Doesn't make any. It doesn't make it Right. That's type 2 diabetes is uh-huh. you're either insulin resistant or... Right. Okay. So type 1 is your body does not have any insulin, so your pancreas is poofed. Yep. And what causes that? Um, your body starts attacking the beta cells that the pancreas makes. Um, so it's your body... It's an autoimmune disorder that your body starts. But it's a permanent thing. Like yeah. it's irreversible, right. completely irreversible. Or you could for get now. it... <laughs> yeah. Or you could get it if you have to have your pancreas removed for cancer or something like that. That would yeah. throw you into type 1 diabetes. And it's insulin dependent. Right. And so you have you must take insulin. Mm-hmm. Um, insulin is what helps your body absorb the... Or get the sugar out of your bloodstream and into the cells to turn right. into energy. Yes. And so without insulin... What happens to your body? <laughs> the cells kind of starve, so you get really thirsty. And that's why um, people who don't know that they have diabetes, like one of the first symptoms is um, that you're drinking a lot and then you're peeing a lot because you're drinking a lot. And so, yeah, so it just throws off the whole chemical balance mm-hmm. of your body. And then if the, the sugar builds up in your blood, you can go into something called ketoacidosis. Is mm-hmm. that what it is? Mm-hmm. And, and it can be fatal. Yes. So, so diabetes is. Um, a very dangerous situation if left untreated. Right, yes. You don't survive it. No. You can't just buck up a little camper. No. It's not in your head. Unfortunately, yep. <laughs> it's not like type 2 di- diabetes, which is insulin resistance and has to do with diet and other factors in your mm. body. And, and that lifestyle is rever- factors. Lifestyle, yeah. and that's reversible. It can be. In some cases, it's not, but... Yeah, yeah. but it, it can be. So, But it's it's a completely different cause. It's not autoimmune. Yes, right, right. Right. Yeah, so that's the thing. I mean, I was how old when I learned there was a difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetes. I still don't know what the differences in the hepatitis are, so let's not go there. But type 1, di- type 2, it really makes a difference to understand this. If you have um, type 1 and what your choices are in birth, pregnancy and birth, and then also if you develop type 2, which is gestational diabetes. Di- di- gestational diabetes is a type of type 2 diabetes, right? No, they're Oh, this is going to be such a fun episode. (laughs) All (laughs) righty. Well, I have just completely exhausted all of the information I know about diabetes. So you take it from here. (laughs) So gestational diabetes is um, during pregnancy um, and it can go away. um, It typically typically goes away after pregnancy, but you should have follow-up testing done because sometimes it's undiagnosed type 2 diabetes. 
or if you're if you don't change your lifestyle factors um, and your eating habits and everything, then it can turn into type two diabetes or type one diabetes. No. Oh, type two. Oh, oh, permanent. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, what are the signs that you have? Let's 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 talk all about type two first, and then go back to type one. Okay. Um. So, what are the signs that you might have? I mean, you have to drink that really super sweet, disgusting liquid for gestational diabetes. Uh huh. For mm-hmm. gestational diabetes, they're testing for glucose intolerance. They're testing for type two or gestational diabetes mm-hmm. in that test. Mm-hmm. And so, what are some of the signs that you would have that? Um. So when they're testing. At first, it's like really early on, but um, you just feel off. But pregnancy kind of makes you feel off. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So can you how can you even tell that you're you know losing it? Yeah, yeah. It, you would need to get tested because pregnancy just does weird stuff to your body, your but, metabolism, and everything. Right, right. So it's the hormones from the placenta that make it harder for your body to. Um, it becomes more insulin resistant because of the hormones from the placenta, and so that's why a lot of people. Um, get gestational diabetes. So now what is insulin resistance? Um, your body doesn't react to the insulin that your that your pancreas is making. Um, and it, so it doesn't use the insulin as well. So you're resistant to your own chemical, which basically means that your cells are starving because they're yeah. not able to get the... So how is gestational diabetes treated? Um, so typically they try to do it... Um, what's it called? With diet, right? Thank you. <laughs> diet with Full diet choices. Yes. Because because if you get gestational diabetes, it's a big mouth word, um, mouthful of words. You are not necessarily insulin dependent. You don't have to start giving yourself shots. Um, they try to do, um, like I said, diet first to see if you respond to that, and then it. And is it a low carb diet? What is it? Low sugar? Yeah. Is L- it low carb? Um, obviously, you still want some carbohydrates because your baby needs them. Um, but yeah, lower carb, uh, more whole foods, less um, uh, simple sugars. Simple sugars. Yeah. That spike your blood sugar. Right. Uh-huh. So they're trying to bring your overall blood sugar down. So maybe your body will listen to those insulin right. signals a little better. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So they're testing um, when you drink that liquid. How do they test for that? With a blood test. So before and after? Is that what they're doing? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. And they're testing if your sugars are within... An okay level, and if they're not, then they like your body's not responding very well to sugar, and so you might have gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. And then they do the another follow up test because that's just the screening, and then they do the diagnostic test. Oh, I never made it that far. Good, didn't get graduated to that level. Good. <laughs> so, what causes gestational diabetes? It, like I said, it's just they the, just don't know. Or? Yeah, that it's the placenta. Sometimes, like sometimes, um, gestational diabetic moms um, are are not overweight. Like a lot of people think that. Type, yeah. 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 That, um, it has to That's do. a myth. Right. Yeah. You're debunking. <laughs> you don't have to be overweight to have no, diabetes. No. Um, but for a lot of type two diabetics, that is the case. Um, the, the lifestyle factors, but it, not always. And, and, and gestational is a completely different story. You yeah. can get gestational. Any, so if it's, you said it's it's something to do with the placenta, mm-hmm, the placental hormones. Sometimes moms will have it in one pregnancy and not the next. Right. So it, it's got to be placenta thing? Placenta and then, yeah, lifestyle, like what you're eating, your activity level. Like. Does stress play a factor? Oh, yeah, it? yeah, is it, um Is it um, genetic? Like if your yes. mom had it, are you more likely to have yes. it? Mm-hmm. And usually it resolves after birth. About half of the women who have gestational diabetes will um, have type 2 later on in life. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So is it kind of like a slippery slope type of thing? Or they would have gotten type 2 anyway? Does the pregnancy made it come faster? Right, right. Interesting. Yeah. Made it, because a lot of people aren't testing their blood sugars. <laughs> so they didn't know that they were going down that path to like pre-diabetes and diabetes. And then the pregnancy brings that. Uh-huh. Ah, got brings it. Brings it to their attention. Got so. it. Okay, so what special considerations do you need to have if you have gestational diabetes um, in your pregnancy? Like it's just an eating thing at that point. You're, you're just managing it with diet and maybe insulin. Is there any other special considerations? So um, ACOG wants, um, the preferred method is to go on insulin if it can't be diet controlled because insulin doesn't go through the placenta, um, whereas the oral drugs do. Um, they don't pass through the placenta. Interesting. So um, metformin is another thing that they can take. Um, if you're on metformin, you can still, you're still considered lower risk. But as soon as you go on insulin, you're considered high risk. So a lot of people don't want to go on insulin because mm-hmm. then it risks them out of like birth center. Yeah, um, for sure. Like so what does it do to the baby? What does gestational diabetes do to the baby? Um, it makes them big. It can make them really big. <laughs> it can make them. Why is that? Because um, so when the baby, the baby makes up for the higher blood sugars. Um, so it produces more insulin and then it makes them um, have more adipose tissue, more fat tissue. Um, so and, they are literally fatter. They're yeah, not bigger. They're, they're just fatter. fatter. Fatter, yeah. Interesting. And it, so baby's insulin is being revved up. That doesn't affect mom's insulin. It's right. just because the mom's feeding through the umbil- umbilical cord, the baby's getting a higher sugar. Right. I did not really even think that sugar, glucose passes the umbilical. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the blood, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So higher sugars will make that baby just pack on the pack on the pudge. Yep. <laughs> so that's the the big thing with gestational diabetes is that the, they tend to have bigger babies. Then does it um, set the baby up for some diabetic problems later? Yeah, they do have a future risk of type 2 diabetes because they are packing on all of that adipose tissue. And they're basically training their body that they have to be on high rev all the time mm-hmm. with... with- well, that's just great. <laughs> Usually they like, after, so once the um, cord's cut, they kind of, it takes them a little bit to like regulate their um, glucose levels. Um, it's the excess adipose tissue that makes it so that they're at an, at an increased risk. Yeah. So. yeah, I heard that you only create this adipose tissue in the womb and when you're pregnant. Oh, I didn't know. That. I don't know. I don't just don't don't yell at me if I'm wrong. But I just heard that like <laughs> that that those are the only times that your your body makes those. Or, oh, anyway, so or I maybe can blame my mom. No. Yeah, yeah. Blame. <laughs> we, in our family, we we like to blame like as a game, and so we'll trace it all back to like great grandparents. Yes, like, there you to go. blame. Like, <laughs> why did that? Yeah. Anyway, okay. So, um, what about special considerations for gestational bi- diabetes in the birth? What do you mean? Oh, like, so um, a well-managed gestational, that's just so much to say. Gestational diabetes, does it affect the actual birth? So the birth is the same. It's the stuff um, that you, sorry. Like is it, are drugs going to behave more differently, differently on her body or is she going to need different types of, you know, is she going to need anything in labor that's anything different? Like is she going to need to make sure to eat? You know, they say you're not allowed oh. to eat. I mean, what is it? So, um, she should eat. I know. <laughs> Everyone should that eat. That was a leading comment. <laughs> Everyone should eat during labor. Um, but yeah, they 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 like to give um, a IV glucose strip um, for those who are on insulin. 
they do an IV drip and a, then a glu- or sorry, an insulin drip and a glucose drip so that they can control your blood sugars. And then if you go low, they can give you glucose so that you don't need to eat. And this is definitely if you have gestational diabetes or if it's just ha- you're having a hard time managing it. If it, During labor, yeah. just Always during labor? No, no, no. Oh, just uh, if, if you're having a hard time. Yeah, if you're having a hard time managing it, they they don't want you to go over 110. Um, and so if you're over the 110, they want, you, they want to start an insulin. What's drip. normal for sugar? Um, so if you don't want your baby to have, um, hypoglycemia after, um, they recommend, um, 70 to 110, uh, the range. Got it. Hypoglycemia is just low blood sugar for baby sugar for baby. Yeah. Cause baby's still making all of that extra insulin to make up for mom being high. I wonder, well, cause I had a big baby and they said that they needed to give him uh, sugar water to keep his, oh, I thought it was stupid, that he would get hypoglycemic and it didn't make sense to me. Uh, were they, but I wasn't, I didn't have gestational diabetes. So why did they feel like, why do they worry about the babies being hypoglycemic? Um, so bigger babies uh, tend to have a harder time regulating their body temperature, their blood sugars, just because they have more body to take care of. <laughs> really? So. A whole one pound more. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I guess that's ten so. percent more. Yeah, <laughs> got it. Wow. Okay. All right. So, and then, can you have um, a home birth or a birth center center birth with gestational diabetes? Yes, as long as you are not on insulin, okay. and it's uh, well controlled so. and well controlled. Yeah. So your midwife would just kind of watch you and just. I with um, gestational diabetes, I think they like to consult um, and make with um, an OB and MFM just to make mm-hmm. sure that everything's good. But you can be cleared for a home oh, birth. Yeah. So, so the myth that if you have gestational bi- diabetes, you are destined for a C-section. Oh, no. No, no. no. You could actually have a home birth. <laughs> yes. Okay, yep. cool. All right, awesome. So let's talk about type 1 diabetes. Um, do they know what caused your diabetes? So they say it's a genetic component and an environmental one. Um, they, The only person in my family who has type 1 diabetes is my great aunt on my mom's side. So... <laughs> I so don't it's not think, a super strong no, diabe- uh, or <laughs> genetic link. But um, I did have the chicken pox three times. <gasps> and that's, that's oh, how does one do that? Pray yeah, tell. Yeah, good question. I had it twice and I was told I'd never ever get it again. <laughs> Shingles, yes, but not- <laughs> Yeah, there is supposed to be one and done. But yeah, oh, uh, mine was when I was a baby and then again when I was eight. So how old were you when you had your chicken pox? Four, because I got it right after I had the chicken pox three times. Oh my oh. gosh. Okay, so then, whoa. <laughs> So what was, about the chicken pox do you think it was? It just ruined my immune system. or Your immune system got a little confused as yeah, to what it was I, attacking? Yeah, that's that's what they theorized. That, mm. But yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. And do you remember being diagnosed? I remember being at the hospital. I remember, There's like bits and pieces. Because you were bitty. Yeah. Four uh-huh. is pretty little. So then you had to learn, um, you had to learn how to give yourself shots just uh-huh. as a little tiny bitty. Because do you have a pump now? Yeah. But you were, were pumps really? No. And my doctor wouldn't let me get a pump until high school. So I actually went to a different doctor <laughs> so that I could get one. And I got one in junior high. So Got it. Why didn't he want you to have a pump? I have no idea. That's huh. weird. Maybe he wanted you to buck up little camper and just get over it. Right. <laughs> I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. I'm in a snarky mood today. No, I just, I get so frustrated when diabetes is put in, type 1 diabetes is put in the box of um, self-care. Like, really, like, did, you did nothing to cause this. No. Especially as a four-year-old. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so. I was super naughty. No. Yeah. 
I hope you learned your lesson. <laughs> so you've had three babies, right? Mm-hmm. How did di- how did your diabetes affect your pregnancies? So I had to meet with my, well, it's recommended to meet with your um, endocrinologist before getting pregnant to, because they want, uh, he wanted my A1C at around 6% before getting pregnant uh, for six months. Oh yeah. That was my other question is how does it affect? Yeah. Let's go back. How does it affect fertility? Fertility. So obviously if you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of another human inside of you. (laughs) So um, yeah, it can affect, it can cause um, miscarriages. It can cause a lot of neural tube defects in babies if your blood sugars aren't well controlled. Mm. So there's so a you lot should, of issues. So you should, uh, if your diabetes is not controlled, you should work on that before trying to conceive. Yes, that would be, but obviously like there's some oops babies out there. So. Yeah, yeah. But in <laughs> a perfect world, yes. try and get that managed, <laughs> yes. please. Yes. Okay. So then your pregnancies, were they pretty easy? No. Uh-uh. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> that wasn't even a leading question. So tell me what happened. So like pregnancy, I just don't handle pregnancy well. Like I, I'm not, like I didn't have HG or anything like that. I Normal nausea and stuff. But like each pregnancy was harder having to take care of my diabetes and then a toddler and then all of that. And then all the stresses because I had to have my normal OB appointments and then um, MFM appointments, non-stress tests, um, my endocrinologist appointments that I had to have every month mm-hmm. on, on top of all those appointments. There are just so many appointments. So the pregnancy, um, yeah, I mean, without modern medicine, you would not be here to have babies. No, That's the coolest uh-uh. thing is that that this is not something that our ancestors would have had to deal with at all. Right, yeah. <laughs> Unless it was adult onset type one. But um, So did you... Um, were they worried about, cause yours was managed, right? Mm-hmm. So did they, does the pregnancy put a bigger strain on your blood sugar? Like, did you need to take more insulin? Yes. So by the end of pregnancy, the average person takes about three times the amount of insulin. Really? Uh-huh. But you weren't eating any more sugar. No. It's just that baby. Uh huh. Interesting. Okay. So then did your diet change at all? Yes. I had to be more careful, like, especially in the mornings, the mornings are hard, um, uh, for a lot of people, uh, especially with diabetes. Your blood sugars are low. No, high. Oh, high in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> with type 1? With, with just... With normal, yeah, with your normally yeah. functioning pancreas, your your blood sugars are super low in the morning because you've basically been fasting. Well, they go... They raise when you get up. So... Oh. Yeah. And so with people with diabetes, they should try to eat like a lower carb meal and, uh, for breakfast just be, to help... So, so I want to, yeah, I want to, um, tangent for a minute. So low carb, um, does not solve type one diabetes. You have to have, I know, don't you think these questions are so adorable? (laughs) You have to have insulin no matter what. Yes. Um, but does low carb help? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it's not, cause I heard the myth that, well, I think it's a myth that, um, whatever sugar you take, you could just balance it out with insulin and you'll be totally fine. You can. But in a normal person, that'll result in type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Because it's essentially what your body's doing is revving up the insulin, right? So in a type 1 diabetic, can they give themselves type 2 diabetes on top of type 1 diabetes? They can give themselves (laughs) insulin resistance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that sounds like just a pile of fun. All right. So, okay. So you, when you would wake up, you would take a, like a lower carb breakfast and try and keep your blood sugars normal. Mm Mm-hmm. Could you tell like if you're 
blood sugars got off of whack, did your baby behave differently? Did she get little hyper babies? No, I've never noticed that. <laughs> just I a just question. Yeah, I no, I haven't noticed that. Just I would just notice like on my CGM, my continuous glucose monitor, that my blood sugars were rising and take care of it as soon as possible. <laughs> so with the pump, does it kind of manage it for you? No. Uh-uh. So um, I have a closed loop pump now, but I didn't then. So I had to, closed loop means that it will work with my CGM, with my continuous glucose monitor and kind oh, of and keep it me in just, range. It will kind of replace your pancreas. You've got like a... Kind of. A little. Kind of. It oh, helps. I really wanted to like... <laughs> call you a bionic woman but not right? so much no no so if you're going low it will kind of turn off uh, and if you're going high it will give you more insulin but if you go beyond the range then you have to give yourself more insulin because it's not approved to so be like i'm that. going to a birthday party tonight here are my extra shots or whatever. Oh, yeah. You still have to give insulin for eating and stuff. But like without eating, it kind of keeps you in range. Oh, you do have to keep, still give yourself well, shots? Well, give yourself, uh, what they call it a bolus. They uh, give yourself more insulin through the, the pump. So it's like a car with auto, like cruise control. Yeah, yeah. But you still have to like turn off the exit when you want to go, but. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Cruise control. That's what you've got. <laughs> you've got insulin cruise control. Yes. Cool. Okay. All right. And so um, what does exercise do for so exercise is funny because... <laughs> I know I, I don't like exercise. Why would anybody want to exercise? Well, it's hilarious. you have to plan it out oh. with diabetes. Oh. You can't just like go out and go for a run because you have to uh, turn down your insulin so that you don't go low while you're out exercising. Oh, right. Because if it's just continually pumping, then you would go low because uh -huh. you're not eating and you're okay. Right. Well, this is yeah. a lot of math. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's what, like, the pump will do this it for math. you. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, give myself 50% of what I would normally give for two hours. I mean, the math I do is how many chocolate bars do I need today to combat? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's the math I do. Okay. All right. See, we can talk. It's, it's almost the same, right? Yeah, yeah, how totally. How many squares of 90% chocolate do I need to feel better right now? <laughs> Okay. How many carbs are in a square? Well, that's it's ninety percent. So very few carbs. It's actually the chocolate. Oh. But I've always joked that I need a pump. Like I need like a, an apparatus that just like injects it straight into my veins. Oh, the the chocolate. Although when I started supplementing with vitamin D and magnesium, my chocolate cravings went way down. Oh, but that's a tangent. <laughs> another day <laughs> anyway but yeah okay so you don't want him to go too low during your exercise right so you kind of you have to plan it out and be like okay I'm gonna I'm good now or I'm a little bit high now so exercise would be a good thing to do right now um obviously if you're low you don't want to exercise you don't even feel like exercising no. at that point <laughs> it's very convenient not just that <laughs> so um and then when exercising when you're pregnant and a baby that's mm -hmm. even you have to just even be more careful. Yeah, just watch it. Yeah. But it's um, exercise is good for the pregnancy, but it doesn't really affect the diabetes. It, it helps manage it. So, oh, does it? Yeah, it helps because um, exercise can cause you your blood sugar to go lower. It helps you use the insulin in your body. Um, it helps the cells use the insulin. So um, it definitely helps. So did, were your babies bigger? Yes. My they first were. was um, 813. That's uh, Okay. Sorry. Continue. At <laughs> uh, 39 weeks. Uh, my second was 914 at 37 okay, weeks. Okay. Now we're talking big baby. I was like eight. I've never even held a baby. <laughs> my baby's... Maybe I had undiagnosed gestation. I don't think I did. 
But yeah. And then my third was nine pounds, 10 ounces at 36 weeks. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's a big baby. Yeah, she was she was chunky. But your your sugars weren't high. Um, they I think with my third, they were my highest just mm. because it's harder to take care of yourself when you're taking care of I know. two little ones. But. Yeah, yeah. So um, how about your labor? When you um, have special considerations for type 1 diabetes in labor? Yes. Um, manage it yourself. <laughs> Don't let them take it over because – especially type one diabetes, like you've been doing it forever. And unfortunately the nurses have no idea what they're doing. They're just following, um, what the doctors tell them to do. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of one. Can I talk about this? One yeah. Of, okay. Yeah. Go <laughs> one, one of the births I was at the, um, the client was asking like, why am I not going high? Cause she let them take over her, um, insulin needs and her mm-hmm. blood sugar and everything. She's like, why am I not going high if you have me on a glucose strip? And she's like, cause we have you on a glucose strip. I'm like, you don't- somebody doesn't understand the math. <laughs> I'm like, um, you don't know what you're talking about. Do you? <laughs> and the look on my client's face was like, she's taking care of me. <laughs> like she, that's frightening. Has no they idea must've been supplementing doing. with, um, insulin as well. Right. Yeah. They gave her insulin, but and- the nurse didn't know that. Oh, scary. Oh, no. Yeah. They have no idea. And so what's the advantage of having to manage it? Um, they're really, I guess some people go under for a procedure. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, some people think that it's easier because then they don't have to do it. They get to take a vacation from doing it. Right. But they, it, they're doing a more or less, um, they're treating you like a statistic rather yeah, than I was gonna say, an individual. Because you will know what your blood sugars yeah. feel like. And you, cause, um, just the normal range you can be on the outskirts of normal, right? And feel good for yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of like what's your what's your magic number? Um, probably like one thirty. I feel pretty good at one thirty. And if you go higher, you start feeling what do you feel like when you go higher? Um just not right. Not myself. Really? Yeah. Like do you get a headache or do you feel fatigued or tired and just just kind of blah. Yeah. 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 And then what what happened? How do you feel when you go low? Drunk. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I feel drunk. I feel kind of so out of it. How does alcohol? What does alcohol do to your diet? It does for diff- it does different things for different people. Um a lot of people just make since they feel drunk, they don't um realize that they're going low. Uh-huh. Um because they feel kind of similar and, and that's why you don't notice it. That's why you can crash hard yeah. because you're kind of like out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. But those around you can recognize those symptoms. Uh, my husband can. <laughs> Do you smell differently when I'm low? Yeah. Can you smell like in your blood? When you're sugar? high, when, when you're, you're high, you, you um you can get like fruity breath. But uh, when you're low, you just like I start stumbling and I start, I look like I'm drunk, but. And your husband's like, give me a paper. <laughs> wow. Usually, usually I can tell before other people start to notice or like start sweating. And so, um, when I first, before I had my first baby, I thought that, um, that birth was going to be this big physical, physical event. And that like, I couldn't even wear my contacts cause it would have been too hard to keep my contacts in during pregnancy or during the labor and stuff. And I felt like, you know, that it was going to be this out of body experience or whatever. And then I was actually quite surprised that by the fourth baby, I could actually keep makeup on the entire time. And so that's got to be similar with diabetes. If you go in it with the expectation to be like completely give up complete control to 
the your provider to manage your care, then it would make sense that you would think, oh, I'd need to give up my insulin control mm-hmm. to them too. Mm-hmm. But if you go in thinking, I'm going to be right here with me right. all along. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. This was actually an epiphany, guys, <laughs> Like that I could actually, I was right there. I mean, in the surges, you're, you're not there, but... Uh, or you're, you go inside. But in between, I was laughing and joking and I could answer questions and could have told them how I felt. So, right. Right. So why would you need somebody to care? Right. Manage your care. Mm-hmm. Especially with a CGM. Even with a CGM, they want to test your blood sugar. Is that your monitor? The Is that what it's continuous called? glucose monitor. Okay. Yeah. That tests your blood sugar for you every five minutes or so. <clears throat> um, but even with that, they want to test your blood sugar, which I think is ridiculous. It's... <laughs> That how, how do you really feel about it? it oh, it's okay. So peeps. let's talk about the providers. Um, how you can tell if a provider is really diabetic friendly? <laughs> is that a word? Um, or really um, ignorant about diabetes? And um, what kind of questions can you ask when you're interviewing pr- providers that will make sure that you get the best care? Um, making sure that you ask like if you want to be in control of your blood sugars because some people don't care. Um, I'm not one of those people. You like to control. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so I'm like, I, are you okay with me taking over, like being in control of my blood sugars, have my pump on, all those things. And he was like, I prefer, my, my care provider was like, I prefer that you do that. And I was like, awesome. We're on the same page. Wow. Nice. So, and um, th- some care providers want to take over control of your blood sugars during pregnancy when my endocrinologist was over that. Oh, so you can say overstepping scope yep. of practice. <laughs> well, because some with a lot of GD um, patients, that's they do kind of take over that. But with someone who sees someone every three months um, throughout their whole life that they have diabetes, you know, um, the doctor they don't know what they're talking about versus an endocrinologist yeah. who like really knows you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They know you. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, this is a dumb question, but I've got, I've got a list of questions I want to run through, plus the random ones that come to me. Um, but your baby, type 1 diabetes is a cause after you're born. Are you ever born with type 1 diabetes from your mom? Um, I'm sure that happens. But it's not really at risk. No, uh-uh. If you have unmanaged diabetes, you're not going to give your baby di- diabetes. No, 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 yeah. no. Okay. All right. Just clearing that. All right. <laughs> um, and then do you have to deliver early? So you said 36 weeks. Did you have a C-section or did they no. just induce? No, neither. I went on my own. Oh, so the baby's like, hey, we know we're getting... Oh, interesting. Okay. Do you worry about um, the fear of C-section? Oh, yeah. Like, so you... my second was a C-section. Okay. Yeah. Oh, um, so now you had a V-back. You are yes. a V-back diabetic? Yes. Oh, <laughs> this gets... Better. Okay, so um, why? What were the risks? How come you ended up with the C-section with the second one? Um, I honestly think it was because of my care provider. So I I loved her for my first, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he got shoulder shoulder dystocia on the way out, um, and so because of that, she was really my second baby was measuring bigger, and so she was really that scared her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so she was already talking about a C-section and um, future me yelling at past me for not changing care providers then. Uh Well, (laughs) yeah. But, um, and then he was persistently breech and... A little stinker. Yeah. So we tried everything. We went to go talk to like the head of MFM to see, uh, like he does breech vaginal deliveries um, to see if that was an option. But with diabetes, he's like, nope. 
Got it. (laughs) Okay. So it wasn't a diabetes thing. It was a breach thing. Yeah. More than anything. And then you had a VBAC with your third. Mm -hmm. And, um, and she was even bigger. Wait, sorry, math. Was she the biggest one? Your last one was the biggest one. She, she, no. If she, she went just, on, she would have been bigger. Yeah, she would have. She was slightly smaller in the second, but at 36 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I give birth at like 41 weeks to nine and a half pounders. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. People squirt out these little tiny seven pounders. And I'm like, that's so adorable. Did, that even, did you even feel that happen? <laughs> right. Just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm not being insensitive. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. So um, then do you have to deliver earlier? Is there pressure to... There's yes. pressure. You don't have to. Like everything's your choice. Um, but there is a lot of pressure with type one diabetes. They don't want you to go past thirty nine weeks and six days. That's with good control. So what's that magic word for? What? Why thirty nine six? Uh, that's just just the, what they decided. The research, yeah. Huh. Yep. Okay. Um, unfortunately, the study that they're basing it off of is. Um, Type ones who are have poor control, who also smoke, like right, right. Yeah, so. so when you're um when you're in labor, the actual birth is not stre- more stressful at on you as a type one diabetic. Like you shouldn't need to go to a C section because you worried that you're like your eyes are going to pop out of their heads. Oh you? no, right. No. Okay, sorry. Just I mean, you just think like type t- type one. What would it do in that moment of? Uh, in, like transition when your body's at its most intense. Mm-hmm. You just have to be, you do, you do have to watch your uh, blood sugars mm-hmm. like every one to two hours. So someone needs to be on top of that. I was going to say there, cause you go deep down. Oh, in, yeah. So then your husband's helping you manage. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, if you don't have a husband or a partner that can manage it, then, then that might be a good time to turn it over to the hospital. Uh, yeah. Or like if you have a doula, I told my doulas like, okay, just like oh, help cool. us to just keep an eye on it. Uh-huh. That's cool. That's part of your job. <laughs> and then how does type one um, affect breastfeeding? Um, it can make it more difficult to breastfeed. Really? Just because it's a hormonal thing. And so if your blood sugars are out of whack, then you're, it can be harder to like make milk and things like that. Because your body's thinking there's something going on. Right. There's a right. saber tooth tiger when it's just yourself. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. So how was your breastfeeding? Mine was fine. I was an I would, I could feed a whole town. Um, but <laughs> Did you need more insulin then? Same with the pregnancy. Did you have to keep your insulin higher when you were breastfeeding? No. So once the placenta is born or delivered, um, then you go back to your pre-pregnancy treatment. Mm-hmm. So um, a third of what I was. <laughs> wow. Um, like immediately? Yeah, like overnight? Immediately. And like as soon as the placenta is out. Because the, the life cycle the, was a half-life of insulin in your body isn't very fast or isn't very slow. So you can like you burn through the insulin quickly and you so you can adjust quickly, right? Um, Let's see. It depends on the type of insulin. The one I'm on is about two hours. Yeah, that's really short. So yeah. Yeah, but others are longer. Oh, okay. <laughs> have, there's Got long it. lasting insulin. So in. you can drop from triple the dose to your pre-pregnancy dose with no problem. No right. like weird side effects or anything. Right, right. Cool. All right. So it's like not, it's not, a, I know this, but I'm just going to state the obvious. It's not an actual drug. It's a hormone. Right. Yeah. 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 I, know. <laughs> I know. I've learned so much about diabetes in the last couple of years. I just couldn't believe, because I've, I've um, ex, um, been on the keto diet. And so oh. I wanted to understand everything there was to do about insulin resistance and type two diabetes. Um, and in so doing, like I've learned the whole type two side, but just Type one is a completely different. Oh yeah, they're all different. <laughs> and the keto diet is not the same as ketoacidosis no. for the diabetics. Right. 
experience. Right. Because I have people say, oh, you're going to give yourself ketoacidosis. And I was like, just a minute, let me Google that. Nope, I'm not. <laughs> That's cute that you'd think that, but <laughs> I have, I still have my pancreas. So yeah. Yep. We're still getting... making insulin. Yeah. And if you give yourself <laughs> ketoacidosis as a healthy person, then there's other things going on. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you have a, a course that you teach, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit more about what you teach in that course. So um, I teach for the doulas and for moms. Um, at doulas, I feel like they need to know more about it so that they can help the, their diabetic clients. Um, like I was t- say, saying earlier, um, I had my doulas kind of watch uh, my CGM to see mm-hmm. when I would go high and stuff. But if they don't know what they're doing, then that can be scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a, a, a course they can take just to add to their training yes that they can now say i'm diabetic trained right so cool i, I kind of know something about it <laughs> i kind of but there's a um, scope of practices that doulas will still not diagnose or anything. oh no they're just no. babysitting they're just watching the monitor and just have more of an education yes like all the dumb questions i'm asking yeah, you today yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah yeah okay so that so the diabetic pay, uh, person doesn't just roll their eyes every time the doula says right that. okay got it <laughs> so they can look at a number and understand what that means mm-hmm. and what like if you're 113 then they know that oh okay they're gonna want to come do something about that mm-hmm. so. got it and then um and so how long is that course um it's just a one-day thing it's a three hours and um it's you can get a cert- certification it's held through the midwives college of utah and you can get icea um so hours. credit, so they can be taken, this course can be taken anywhere in the country yeah. uh-huh. and just take it. Very cool. I'll ask you for the link later. Um, and then what does your course for um, pregnant women look like? So I separated it out. It used to be all one course, but I'm like, type ones don't need to know about GD and, you know, <laughs> so I separated it out to um, type one, type two, and then gestational diabetes. And I have a one of those a month. So I have type one, one month, type two, one month. Um, and I just... I teach them how to like this, the diet. Cause with diabetes, you are more at risk of getting preeclampsia. And oh yeah. Um, so I teach, um, how to have a healthy diet with to, all types of diabetes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, so I teach them how to, um, avoid the risks of preeclampsia. Cause, um, my doctors didn't even tell me to take a baby aspirin because it reduces the risk of preeclampsia by 15%. And I was like, why did no one tell me this? Wow. How many babies did you have before you learned that? Three. All three. Oh, all three. All three. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. Okay. Now you're learning on this podcast. Also, call your doctor. <laughs> Karina is not your doctor. Yes. Yes. Although I would trust you at this point. You're pretty awesome. But don't trust. Yeah. Talk yeah. to your doctor about this baby aspirin concept. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Because, yeah, ACOG, ACOG does recommend it, but although it was never brought up. Huh. So I was like. So is that something you teach your doulas too? Is, hey, you might want to tell your mom to ask her doctor about, oh, yeah. uh-huh. about aspirin. Yep. Uh-huh, cool. Yep. And I tell tell all of my diabetic clients, I'm like, talk to your doctor about getting on a baby aspirin. So, because it does help reduce the risk of preeclampsia along with um, the special um, diet and um, just, I have a logbook that's included. So I know, I was looking at your manual and it's gorgeous. That's why I'm trying to convey the, the gorgeousness of her book here <laughs> on, on a podcast. Um, but maybe I could just like flip the pages and you could smell them through the mic. I don't know. But all this goodness, what else do you cover? Um, let's see. We, uh, we talk about PCOS because PCOS and diabetes kind of go together. Oh my um, goodness. We talk about 
like lowering your risk. So diabetes causes PCOS or PCOS causes diabetes or they're they, just brother or sister? They're just brother or sister. Fun. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, so it can affect fertility big time. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. We talked about like diet and exercise, um, the treatments for it, um, symptoms of highs and lows so that people can be familiar with that, especially the <clears throat> the GD moms. Because they're not used to this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talk about like the cesarean risks and um, how to find a provider who is on board with you having a vaginal delivery and not just going straight to, oh, you have a big baby, let's do a C-section. Or you're going to have a big baby. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because they can't really measure the size of the babies. No. With no. ultrasound. Mm-mm. <laughs> And someone who will like really give you a chance because really the only way to know if you're going to have a shoulder dystocia, because really that's their big fear with a big baby is a shoulder dystocia. Um, the only way to really know is to try, <laughs> try to have a baby. Um, if you have shoulder dystocia, active so- shoulder dystocia, is it too late for a C-section? Um they they can push the baby back in, Ooh, but <laughs> yeah. really the best way is to like the maneuvers and everything to help get baby back out. But because I yeah. think that's their last resort is to because they're the baby actually big babies. They're just squishy babies. Yeah, right. Fat squishes. Fat squishes. Yeah, their rolls have rolls. Yes. Yeah, and so how long is this course? This is again three hours. They're all three hours. So if you get diagnosed with gestational diabetes, you should look you up. Yes, <laughs> you should look. Karina's course up. So how does diabetes affect epidurals? Um, I don't think it does. Other you than- You can just have a normal epidural. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to have a special epidural. No. Uh-uh. Okay. It does. So diabetes does come with, um, like you don't, if it's not controlled, you have a harder time with healing. So that's why like I'm a big, big advocate for not having a C-section if you can avoid it because- you do have a one in four chance of, of having an infection from uh, the C-section. So you are at a higher risk of infection. So even with epidurals, you like. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. So what are some of the other providers that um, would be of good use for uh, type one, especially, but GD? Could, you could have taught me GD earlier in this episode when I was like stumbling over my words, <laughs> testational diabetes. Um <laughs> So what are some of the other providers that could help manage this? I mean, you've got your endocrinologist, but what are the other providers that could be specially trained to helping you? Like a dietitian? Is that what mm-hmm. you... Dietitian or uh, like they're a chiro- you can't fix diabetes with chiropractic. No. So that's just a funny thing. But I'm just saying, what are the, the other providers? You can have your endocrinologist and you can have your doula that's specialized mm-hmm. or not specialized, but she's got this training. Mm-hmm. Is there other providers that you could make of use, make use of to keep you safe? Um, definitely seeing a dietitian will help. Um, maternal fetal medicine, they'll want to see you for your non-stress tests and things like that. Non-stress tests are to make sure that the baby is responding okay to sugars. How do, how do they work? So, um, non-stress tests, they usually do start at 32 weeks. Um, and then they, they put on the bands like you do in labor and delivery with the fetal heart, uh, rate and then the contraction monitor and they take your vitals. They do, um, they do a little ultrasound to see um, the amniotic fluid index, the AFI, um, to see if you have too much fluid, too Does little that, fluid. Is that affected by diabetes? Yes, very oh, much wow. so. <laughs> I had too much fluid 
Um, so I was measuring 10 weeks ahead with mm-hmm. the fundal height because of my big baby and all of my excess Wow, fluid. <laughs> that must have been really comfortable. Right. <laughs> so as a type, type 1 diabetic, we talked about this with GD and type 2. As a type 1 diabetic, can you do a home birth or a birth center birth? You cannot do a birth center. You can do a home birth with um, a midwife who is not licensed because it's the licensure. And that... we're also talking about Utah. So if you're yes. in a different state, you're going to have to look at it. But in Utah, you can have an unlicensed midwife yep. at home. A direct entry midwife. Direct entry uh-huh. midwife. So these, yeah. But you can not go to a birth center. Right. Yep. Because it's the licensure and certification that makes it so that they cannot take high risk patients. But so. you can you can see a midwife uh-huh. at the hospital. You can pick a provider that's very... The midwife, um, they might not feel comfortable taking you because they're used to low risk. Mm. So, um, But yeah, I've talked to midwives and they're like, yeah, as long as we uh, have care with maternal fetal medicine as well, then... So your third was a VBAC. Yes. So your doctor was very VBAC friendly because yes. to have a diabetic and VBAC, that sounds like a party, uh-huh. <laughs> but he was okay with it. Yeah. Yep. Wow. He was getting nervous at the end because she was measuring bigger. So big. So it's a good thing that he had spontaneous labor. Yes. Yes. Was he going to induce you? He was talking about it the, the week that I went into labor. <laughs> <laughs> she heard it and she's like, nope, on yep. my terms. Thank you very much. That happened with all of my kids. Really? You start my thinking? first, they're like, we're going to induce you on Wednesday. He came on a Sunday. My second, we're going to have a C-section on a, on a, I think it was a Wednesday again. Mm-hmm. And he came on a Monday. <laughs> well, your labor started, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah, my labor started and then we had the And then C-section. he had it. Yeah, stinker bean. Cool. Well, I mean, good, smart, but no. <laughs> Awesome. So how do people find your course specifically? Um, go to diabetesandpregnancy.com and you, I have uh, in-person courses and online courses. Cool. And they can reach you. Also, if they have a question, they can just reach you through that website. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you call yourself the diabetic doula. Yes. Which is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much, Karina, for your time and your expertise. I got a lot of questions answered. feel a little dumb, but I also feel more smarter than when I came in. So thank you so much for your patience with my silly questions. Yes. And um, I hope this is a helpful resource for people who have a loved one with diabetes and also who have diabetes that they can get the answers, get the, the right resources they need to stay safe. Yes. Childbirth. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Please visit us at birthcircle.com, join our Facebook groups, or find us on Instagram and Pinterest. We hope you'll use our resources to support your birthing experience. And thank you to LaunchPod Media, who produces these podcasts.